This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian, tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Shouldn't you be at work? It's a lovely chip! Oh, it's a brilliant goal from Lord Pohino! Still it's not away. Southgate shot. Milosevic scores. The could do with a bit of magic from him. Maybe this is it. It is! Andy Sinton from nothing. Brian Roy has headed for it into the lead. Wheelan. Oh, what a goal from Noel Wheelan. No power on it whatsoever. But Taibi has made a horrendous error. Now, you know him better than anybody, probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Only Hassan. No. Hello and welcome to Quickly Kevin. Will he score? I'm Chris Skull and we're in the break between series at the minute and we did a little bonus episode. We dropped an excerpt from one of our early subscriber episodes on Quickly Kevin, Will he score? And it went down really well, didn't it? Uh, and the new series is a few weeks away. So what we thought we would do while we were off season is just keep us in your mind by dropping in a few of our kind of subscriber episodes from down the years and give you a little teaser of all the excellent content that is contained within a Quickly Kevin fan club membership. Um, this episode you're about to hear is Ellis James talking about Des Lynham. What a great man he is. And actually, funnily enough, the new series of Quickly Kevin drops in early October and we've recorded our first episode today and uh, or yesterday as you're hearing this and it was with a little known sports presenter I don't know if you've heard of him Gary Lineker heard of him familiar with his work his oeuvre um, yeah Gary Lineker will be on the new series of Quickly Kevin that drops in October but that's a few weeks away to keep you occupied until then here's a little excerpt from Ellis James on his Des Lynham episode back from December 2020 if you want to hear this full episode and all the other subscriber episodes we've done over the years you can get them at anotherslice.com forward slash quickly Kevin right here's the episode my memory of Ray Stubbs is that he looked so similar to my best friend from school it was such fun watching telly with my best mate if Ray Stubbs was the presenter because then I would continually do what I thought were very authentic looking double takes as if to go what what hang on what I was like are you looking in the mirror what's going on I thought I wanted to tell you what's going on great fun but I think 
But Des, for some reason, it, it was it was impossible to discuss him without mentioning how unflappable he was. And I used to read this and harumph and roll my eyes and think, oh, God's sake, yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it. He's a good presenter. As someone now whose job it is to do live radio, I am insanely impressed at how unflappable he was because he had a, a career that lasted decades. And there is no classic Des Lynham gaff. So you say that and that yes. you are correct. There is one that is on YouTube that we have aren't viewing that I watched and then I read later was his kind of moment of shame. And it is so slight. So what is it? Does, does he stumble over his words? So I've actually read his book and there were a few things that really stuck in my mind and I thought we're up for some revisionism here tonight. So I, in Des Lynham's book, I'd he just talks like to about- be very clear that we're not. <laughs> But you say, you're right, like, I th- I consider Deslion to be completely unflappable, but he talks about this incident in, in the book, in his autobiography, which is, of course, called I Should Have Been at Work. Yeah, Can yeah. I just read you this little bit about the moment he really, really flapped? It's sensational. Right. So he's at the World Cup in Italia 90. He says, shortly before airtime, some officials decided we were not in the right position and shuffled us to another site. Camera and sound cables were unplugged and we gathered ourselves together to go live once again. I completed a rehearsal of the opening. Smooth as you like. I had a confidence gained by experience that whatever happened in a broadcast, I would be able to cope with it. My colleagues were confident in me too. And so I felt were the viewers. Relaxed and smooth were the adjectives often used about me by television reviewers and critics. In fact, I was always a little more nervous than they thought, but I knew I hid my nervousness well and would often try to inject some humour into the broadcast. After all, this was just sport. The nation may be hanging on the result, but it was just a game. For me, it was just television. I heard the countdown in my ear. 30 seconds to you. Des, 10, 9, 2, 1, Q. Having heard the opening to the show off tape, which included some commentary on Cameroon that I hadn't quite heard in rehearsals, I decided at the last minute to change my opening words slightly. I would try to be clever. Anyone can do a prosaic opening. I'll try to smarten it up a bit. But my brain got stuck between what I had been going to say and what I now intended to say. As I stumbled, the producer in London tried to help me, giving me my original words in my ear. It did not help. I froze. I stared at the camera for what seemed like a lifetime. My career was going up in smoke in front of me. I was horrified. My brain simply would not engage. I was panicking now. Now I wanted to be anywhere else. I desperately hoped that this was a nightmare, that I would wake up to find that all was well and that it wasn't really happening to me, a dream not unknown to broadcasters, but this was horrifyingly real. It couldn't be. I was Des, unflappable, in control. (laughs) Is that word again? The horror lasted only a few seconds for the viewer and I got through the rest of the programme. I tried to make a joke about it, which probably fooled no one, certainly not me. I came up with a phrase, see Naples and dry? But why had my brain not worked for me when I needed it? The match happened around me. I couldn't have cared less about the outcome. At the end, I met with John Shrewsbury, the director on site, who apologised to me for not covering me up with another camera shot. But he had been as shocked as I was. I apologised to the people at the other end of the line in London. I was shaking in disbelief that this could have happened to me. Have you seen this? There you go. Do you want that clip? Yes. I know you're getting the hang of the tune. Good evening. Welcome to Naples on a hot and sultry night for England against Cameroon. The last semi-final place is at stake. And of course, England now know who they'd have to meet at the next stage of this uh, of this match. England trying to go, of course, tonight uh, as far as they nearly, well, 
I'm so sorry, I'm forgetting what I'm saying, but they're endeavouring to go uh, nearly as far as they did in 1966. Well, Cameroon, of course, have been the sensations uh, of this tournament so far. England have coughed and spluttered a little bit along the way, but they're here. Is that it? That is it. That is it. I'll I'll, I'll tell you what a flappable broadcaster is, in in my opinion. Okay, I'll I'll give you an impression of what I think flappable Des would have been if he had been flappable, okay? Good afternoon and welcome to the 1986 Cafe Fup... For fuck's sake. (laughs) That that would have been a a classic Des line of gaff. It was so slight. Do you know what? I didn't want to watch it because it made me feel uncomfortable knowing that it was as bad as Des describes it. I cannot believe it's as harmless as that. I'd say it's the ultimate compliment to Des Lyon. And we'll come to more of his autobiography. Now, we haven't chosen the, uh, the classic clips purely, but I'd like to start with a clip that I absolutely love, which is um, the clip of Des Lynham uh, closing Italia 90. Where better place to start? It's where I was introduced to Des. I imagine it's where... You guys were introduced to Des. And this is how Des Lynham decided to end Italia 90. Well, it's been a fascinating competition, apart from the final, probably. It's taken a month out of our lives. Actually, actually, it's probably added a month to our lives. It's been our privilege at the BBC to know you've watched it all with us. We think it's all over, and it is now. Except, of course, for one more time, it's Q Luciano. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, 
all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. A few observations on that. Obviously, I think... That was before they think it's all over. It is now was such a cliche. Yes, I think that was still a good true. reference. I think it's taken a month off our lives. Actually, it's probably added a month to our lives. Is It's just a wonderfully understated way of describing the experience of an international football tournament. And how while you feel like maybe you've just wasted a month watching football, actually, that is a month that will forever be with you. And will kind of is still with me now that a month, and so it's such a beautiful way of doing it. I think there's that journalist, the Argentinian journalist, who said, "I don't care what Diego Maradona did in his own life. I care about what he did to mine." Oh, yeah, and that's that is sensational. That's a sense. It is. It's sensational because obviously, if if you're English, it's different because of the hand of God. But if you can remove yourself from that, he changed the lives of millions. That guy and. That's such a fantastic way of saying, all right, okay, so he, you know, there's, there are things in his personal life that I'm sure he wished he'd done differently. And I'm sure we, you know, we all wish he'd done differently. But on the pitch, I would be gazing in wonder at some of the things he did when I'm 80. And that's exactly it. That's exactly what I will, I really, especially a, a tournament where your team done well in, in it. You know, that's, that's exactly yeah. how it feels. I'm, I, might, I might tweak that phrase slightly. I don't care about what Diego Maradona did in his own life, but I love what he did to Peter Shilton's. There's <laughs> 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 a gazet on the bus when they do the uh, tour at the end. Any chance of you saving one, Shilson? <laughs> Shilson's like, yes, sorry. <laughs> Because he was a shit penalty, penalty saver. <laughs> I think um, every word of that Des Lineham ending, it's not one of his classic ones, but so even just acknowledging that the final is shit is really great. And also just Q Luciano. Do you think, how much do you think he was writing these? Well, Q Luciano, I think, the reason I love that, that really stuck out for me, was that um, Nessa Dorma reached number two in the singles charts. Did it? And it was on Top of the Pops. And for the opening game of that tournament, Argentina versus Cameroon, when they chose Ness and Dorma, I think they thought, yeah, this is good, this is this is good. The tournament is in Italy, this makes perfect sense. And yet it really captured the imagination of people to the extent that we called our primary school hamster Pavarotti. <laughs> 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 so the, the Big fat tor- cheeks. So the tournament was, you know, June nineteen ninety. Halfway through the tournament, we got a new primary school hamster, and yeah, we we called it Pavarotti. <laughs> o- overwhelmingly voted for uh, by everyone in Year Five, and that Q Luciano, I think that's a little nod to the audience at home, as if to say, yeah, I think I think we we really created a, a cultural moment here. This is yeah, and. It is one of the first things I think of when I think of Italian like Dino. 
Yeah. yeah, totally. Do you know, and well done, Des, to kind of realise that that was punching through in the kind of cultural consciousness that Nissan Dorma as a selection. Because this is before the days of Twitter. I don't know how he would know, in isolated in Italy, that this was having such a big effect on people. Well, the single was out. released, and it became a, it, the single became enormously successful. Wow. So I, th- I I can't remember what it was. It was kept off the charts by something really ridiculous, and I don't know what. It was uh, Sacrificed by Elton John. Oh, it, it's a great song. Isn't that a double A side with healing hands? <laughs> it is indeed, yes. <laughs> I know, my dad had that cassette single. Do you want to know another Elton John song that's a double A side? Candle in the Wind is a double A side with a different song. Is it? Yeah, there's a double A side. Oh, I do vaguely, oh man, I think I know this. Is it a hymn? I, don't, I can't remember. No, I think it's just one of Elton John's songs that he wanted to release. That's quite ballsy, isn't it? Putting new gear on a Diana <laughs> tribute single. Bloody hell. Um, I think I probably, more than any other song in the world, I have a physical reaction to that song. If I hear a few bars of it, the hairs will stand up on the back of my neck, which I don't know if there's any other... And it might be because any other song that did that to me, I'll have since overly played it to death but i would never obviously really go i'm going to listen to ness and dorma by pavarotti but so so for instance you know when people you listen to like radio x or something and they'll play common people and you think who's still getting anything out of this yeah do you know like who is this i you've just heard it too many times but Ness and Dorma, for some reason, it still transports me more than any other piece of music. Well, the thing with Ness and Dorma, and the reason I'm glad that Italian 90 is my first World Cup, because I've got no memories of Mexico 86 at all, and I don't remember Euro 88. The reason I love it is that it was, nowadays, World Cups in genuine footballing strongholds and countries where it's the number one sport uh, are rarer than you'd think. Since USA 94, FIFA have decided to take... World Cups around the world to try and boost its profile in places where it's not as popular as it, you know, as it is in Europe, say, or South America. So there's something special, I think, about a World Cup in a football mad country. I yeah. just think it's better. Yeah. I think I think they're always better. Italy is one of the most football mad countries. It's also a country of culture that I knew nothing about, but suddenly I was watching it on the telly every day for a month. The tournament, as I remember, it was superb because, you know, everyone at school knew that Ruud Hullet was useful, but you never got to see him play. Yeah. And everyone knew that Maradona was brilliant, but we haven't seen him play since 1986 because, you know, Serie A wasn't televised. You're introduced to a whole new level of culture as a young kid. And I think that's, a, I think that's really special. I was just going to say, this chat is really firing me up for Qatar World Cup. <laughs> 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 with a rich culture they love their football <laughs> bring it on is that is that tradition of Qatari opera that everyone loves so much what, what, what song are they going to have for the Qatari World Cup it could be a ringtone <laughs> um, Michael what are your feelings on Des I mean I absolutely loved him I think Ellis touched on it earlier it's that Back when there wasn't the volume of channels available, when, you know, literally it was the BBC and everyone else was lengths behind, he was like the classy chauffeur driving a kind of fine mahogany trimmed saloon car that you could just relax into the back of and you knew 
it was going to be the smoothest, most enjoyable journey you could be on. You just knew you were in safe hands. It was unflappable. I'm going to say it. (laughs) Despite the opening eight minutes of this podcast. What we remember about Des are the big moments. But obviously, um, well, the first big moment, now I think I probably remember this by planted memory, but I, I, the first sporting thing I can vaguely remember happening is the Seoul 88 Olympics. Yes. This clip we, I've sent you of the Seoul 88 Olympics, which is it's sandwiched in a news, rep- like kind of historical report, but it's Des Lynham getting handed, well, let's say like, getting his ass handed to him by Steve <laughs> Ryder. No, um, <laughs> so let's just listen to Why this. don't you flap, man? <laughs> flap a little, it's inhuman. Right, so this is Des breaking the news of... I've just been handed a piece of paper here that if it's right, it'll be the most dramatic story out of these Olympics or perhaps any others. It says, Ben Johnson of Canada has been caught taking drugs and is expected to be stripped of his 100 metres gold medal, according to International Olympic Committee sources. That I'd say that is, uh, by the way, we should add that that's the recording that's added. The, he didn't do it to a, a moving drumbeat. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one thing that I really miss about the 90s, is news broadcasters being handed sheets of paper that they yeah. then report on. But imagine, this is it's a perfect sign of his flappability levels being so the top trump for his lack of flappability levels but like he's just been handed i mean it's literally what he says he's riffing on being handed a bit of paper that basically says that the world 100 meters champion's been banned for he's drugs riff- he's riffing on the biggest sporting story globally of the decade yeah so i, I always think that the 100 metres, especially the men's 100 metres, has a resonance worldwide, unlike pretty much anything else. I, I think there was a, for a long time, the world heavyweight boxing champion had a similar kind of cultural impact. But there is, there is something so pure about running quickly in a straight line. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the person who's best at it yeah. does have an influence globally that I don't think lots of other sports people have. And I, I had measles during Soul 88, so I watched every single second of it. <laughs> and um, I thought you were going to say, so you were out of the 100 metres. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even though I was on as many anabolic steroids as everyone else, but I just, I just couldn't get... I just, could, I just couldn't get right in time for the race. And this, this story was absolutely massive yeah just worldwide because of the rivalry with carl lewis and as someone who does obviously the the entertaining light-hearted show on a news and sport dedicated station on our friday show a couple of fridays ago there was a slight chance slash risk that we would have to announce that joe biden was the new president of of america obviously if you're a journalist you're looking forward to that kind of stuff but as a comedian, I just don't want to get it. I don't want to get it wrong because you know, especially on on Five Live and on Radio Four and on, on News Twenty Four, I think you know people go to those stations because they because they they want the facts and and they want to know that the facts have been checked. So so there were there were discussions. Discussions had taken place about what would happen if it was announced during our show, right? But with Tez, he's 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 the guy in charge. He's the guy in the hot seat. And he's just handed a piece of paper. Now, he'll have been thinking, I'm guessing, if this piece of paper is wrong or it hasn't been fact-checked, 
or someone has made a mistake, I am going to get in trouble. The BBC is going to get in trouble. This is my Michael Fish moment. <laughs> Absolutely. This is a my year Michael, on. This is my Michael Fish slash Clapham Common. And Clapham Common <laughs> hasn't happened yet, but... I, but <laughs> But believe me, it's it's going to be a bad one. What, what's interesting about the clip, so Des says, I've been handed a bit of paper, and then he picks up the paper from his side as if he's just been handed it. But he obviously knows what's on the paper. He's obviously read the paper beforehand, but then he's decided to kind of act out that he's just got it for the first time. Yeah. It's a bit like um, that footage of Andy Burnham getting the text yes, yeah. recently where it, where people said he wasn't actually getting the text. Um, there's, there's, well, what would have happened is two minutes before they'd have been showing the discus, and the producer would be going, "Fucking hell, Des, this is absolutely massive." You'd be like, "Give me a piece of paper. The piece of paper can be blank. That's absolutely fine, but I need something to riff with." <laughs> so, Des, obviously, you remember him for the big moments, but he also he did grandstand yeah. for, for years, which I th- I'm going to say I think grandstand was shite. I know that's an unpopular view, but actually, it wasn't much better than Transworld Sport. Well, two things. I love Grandstand. I also love Transworld Sport. So, <laughs> uh, if it were, if it hadn't been for Transworld Sport, I would never have been introduced to Kabaddi. <laughs> so, let's let's bear that in mind. No, I'm, I'm being um, facetious. But the 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 sports on Grandstand. By the time I was watching it. Obviously, you don't realise this, but you know, with Transworld Sport, you thought that Transworld Sport had gone out to kind of choose the best sports from around the globe. But now looking back, they were absolutely hamstrung by rights issues. Yes. And the fact that the slot was four and a half hours on a Saturday morning. (laughs) Um, But Grandstand now, show jumping, no. Rugby league, no. Athletics from Crystal Palace, no. Swimming, no. Yep, touring cars, horse racing, none of it's my bag. No, but I think that all of the big sports came under the grandstand umbrella. So the Five Nations was shown on grandstand, FA Cup was shown on. Oh, well, obviously I'm fine with Grand National Grandstand, Wimbledon, you know. Yeah. I'm not including them. They're, they're, they're specials. What you don't like is phoning it in grandstand. <laughs> <laughs> Sort of, sort Grand of. stand mid February. Yes, yeah, Swindon Waven Theatre on a Monday night. You've got a far bigger gig later on in the week. Grandstand. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, no offence to the people of Swindon. No, of course. <laughs> um, what, what are your thoughts on Grandstand, Michael and Chris? What's in the Grandstand slot now? I don't even know. Well, Soccer Saturday, I suppose people will watch on Sky, but I don't know what. Yeah, on BBC. another BBC, just like a repeat of Dad's Army or something. Yeah. Well, it was Football Focus. It started yeah. off with Football yeah. Focus. I mean, I because it had the big sports on it. I did watch it every week. Oh, so did I. But I'm just, you know, obviously I watched it. But that was, I think that was just a more of a reflection on me as a human being than it was yeah. the quality they were putting out there. I don't, I don't see Des as a grandstand person. Per se, I I actually think he was he found it a bit of an inconvenience, like it just came with the gig. It's something he had to do. But he, yeah, yeah. But he had way bigger fish. He was doing that so he could go to a World Cup every four years, <laughs> <laughs> get on the lash with Hanson. Yeah. So you think 
He had a specific number of grandstands in his contract. <laughs> it was in the contract, which, as we will discuss later, he would have negotiated himself. He would have negotiated also, himself. bloody hell. One of the presenters, who we haven't named yet, Bob Wilson. I, I don't know if the <laughs> three of you are um, Half Man, Half Biscuit fans like I am. Yeah, I do like Half Man, Half Biscuit. But their song, Bob Wilson, Anchorman, which is just sort of three-minute long diatribe. How did we get here that Bob Wilson is a sporting anchorman, the ex-Arsenal goalkeeper? It's, it's, it's the one thing I will never understand. <laughs> well, I've just done, I've just clicked on the Grandstand Wikipedia. They've listed all the other presenters who who did a shift. In there, David Icke. He once hosted yes, an episode of yes, Grandstand. Yes, I remember that. That's a YouTube wormhole that where that is very much the start, I'd say. <laughs> Um, so the clip we looked at was Grandstand. It was an April Fool on Grandstand because Grandstand, they're appearing in front of the BBC news people kind of getting the news in the background and they staged a fight behind Des. I I don't think it's Des's finest moment. What do you think? Well, it's it's, a, it's April Fool's Day 1988. Little does Des know, he's, he's four months away from breaking the news about Ben Johnson with a piece of paper. <laughs> I, I am 60-40% convinced that I saw this happen because April 88 would have been right in the middle of my grandstand years when I used to watch it religiously. Although I've seen it so many times since, I can't work out if, if that's what I remember as opposed to watching it happen. Because what, what, we used to have our, our lunch and then grandstand would be on and then that was that. But what it smacks to me of is uh, the BBC really did have a monopoly on broadcasting in those days. Because can you imagine doing that, knowing that BT Sport and Sky are breathing down your necks? You start, <laughs> start taking the piss, <laughs> pretending that your staff are fighting behind you. <laughs> it's absolutely inconceivable. So there you go. That was Ellis James on Des Lynam. If you want to get that full episode, that's just a little excerpt you've heard there. You can get the full episode at anotherslice.com forward slash Quitly Kevin and sign up to the Quitly Kevin fan club where you can do stuff like ask questions of the guests that will be on the next series of Quickly Kevin. So a few of you, a few subscribers, chipped in with questions to Gary Lineker and they will get answered and you'll hear those when the new series drops in October. Um, and also these bonus episodes seem to be going down really well. So what we were thinking, we actually made a list of all the ones we wanted to drop and... We felt, do you know what? We might drop a few in next week. So pay attention to the feed. No doubt you'll see a few pop up on the on the timeline. And we'll do even more right up until the series starts in October with Sir Gary. All right. Thank you for listening. Until next time, Robbie Slater. See you later. Listener.